Welcome to A Voice of Reason with your hosts, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Sardell. We are offered new opportunities for growth daily. And with new opportunities, challenges are presented. Together, we can address the challenges and explore these opportunities. Now, here's Kathy Horton with Sherry Petro-Sardell. Welcome to A Voice of Reason. This is Kathy Horton, and I am with Sherry Petro-Sardell. Today we are in for a treat as Sherry shares with us the powerful lessons she has learned from listening to and understanding the human experiences of her clients. Sherry, you've been a psychotherapist for 25 years. You've seen many different situations that are often part of the human condition. Today I've asked you to share the insight you have gleaned from your experiences. Well, I first want to begin with gratitude. I have so much gratitude for having the opportunity to be a part of people's lives. I mean, really in the most intimate of ways, to be with people in the midst of their struggles and confusions and successes has been one of the most rewarding and human endeavors of my whole life. I am so grateful each time I sit down with a client and feel that connection. And I also want to thank you, Kathy, for giving me the opportunity to take an in-depth look for myself in preparing for this show of what I have learned. Each client is my teacher as much as I am their support. So to all of the hundreds of clients and the thousands of hours that I've spent with them, both in the field of psychotherapy and coaching. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your life, and thank you for being my teachers. So I happen to know that you've selected eight of the lessons that you have learned over the years from working with so many people in so many different situations and in multiple locations. I know you've experienced clients that were feeling desperation to clients just trying to show up a bit better in stressful or difficult situation, and I imagine everything in between. (laughs) I look forward to learning from all that you have learned. So Sherry, can you please share with us the first lesson that you have for us today? Well, you're right, and I put together eight lessons about human behavior and the human condition that I have learned from my clients. And I'm sure there's a lot more than eight, but for the sake of time and for how much our brain will allow us to comprehend at any one sitting, um, it's going to be eight. I also, as I look over them, do consider that these eight are some of the very most important. Lesson number one. There is always a payoff and a payback for every human behavior we engage in. Let me say it again. There is always a payoff and a payback for any behavior that we engage in. Yes, even the most destructive, maladaptive, dysfunctional behaviors that causes great pain have payoffs. Payoff meaning you're getting something from it or you wouldn't do it and you wouldn't repeat it. That is part of the human condition. 
if there wasn't some sort of value that it generated, even if it's negative value, you wouldn't do it and you certainly wouldn't keep doing it. So let's take a woman who's being abused, either verbally or physically, by her husband. She can see no payoff in being in that situation, nor can she see any way out. Often, she doesn't see it because she doesn't understand the principle of payoffs and paybacks. That's why this is so important for us to get. I would never want to cause her to feel it's her problem because there is never, and I say it again, never an excuse for abusive behavior. Yet, when she can understand the human condition operates on payoff systems, then her and I can sit down and we can start looking at the situation and what it's really about, and then she doesn't stay stuck anymore. It could be the payoff is that it validates what she already believes about herself. Maybe she believes she really does deserve that kind of treatment. So are you saying that the payoff in this case could be that she gets to be right? (laughs) Yeah, we human beings want to be right. And we need to give up the need to be right so we can grow. But yes, it's a strange way of looking at it. But yes, yes, she gets to be right about how she feels about herself poorly. It has been said that people stay in relationships at the level of how they value and see themselves. And it's not easy for us to look at our payoffs and our paybacks. Matter of fact, it's really difficult for us as therapists to try to point it out to our clients, point them in that direction, because we don't want the client to feel they're being blamed or they are the cause. So it's a slippery slope from both areas. If the therapist doesn't address it, then how can the client change it? So that brings me to lesson number two. Hey, so wait, before you move on to lesson number two, I know from our previous shows that most of us are not very self-aware, so all of this information makes sense. But can you share any coaching that may make it easier to look at our payoffs or paybacks without feeling blame? That is Kathy. She is always on this continual path to be to learn and to solve problems and to grow. But yes, Kathy, I'm going to I'm going to go further into that a little bit later. So if you'll be patient with me, <laughs> I have to be patient again. <laughs> so okay. Le- okay, so let's bring let's go back to lesson number two. Lesson number two is you cannot change that which you are not aware of. So that's going to help you understand paybacks and uh, payoffs. This is what being in counseling is really all about, becoming aware, particularly of the unconscious motivations, which are called payoffs, Hmm. and how they're getting in the way of living your best life, of being content. These unconscious motivations that can keep us stuck and repeat patterns will cause us pain. Okay, so the second lesson is to learn our lessons. (laughs) We need to learn our conscious and unconscious motivations for what makes us repeat the behaviors and the situations that we do not want in our life. This then allows those lessons to be great teachers for us. So Sherry, 
Can you share a bit more about this payoff and payback <laughs> lesson? As I want to make sure that I am understanding this and that I can relate it to my behavior. So please begin by explaining the payback principle. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to put the two together and thank you for bringing me back to lesson number 1 because honestly if there was only one lesson that you received out of the 8 that I'm going to share with you that I have learned it would be this one. It's huge that any time you're engaging in a behavior Look at what the payoff could be, even if it's a negative payoff, because I think that every, that every human action and every behavior is connected to a payoff or a payback, and I just don't think it. Most of them, in, most of us in the field, think it. And if we would be committed to consciously looking at these, this very more important thing, we would become more aware of the payoffs and because we're more aware of them we could then choose to stop the the behaviors that um, give us this payoff but if we don't recognize what we're getting out of it we won't be able to change it our whole culture as well as our behaviors are a result of consequences they are based on payoffs payoffs can be as simple and as positive as getting a paycheck for working you know, a good job to psychological payoffs such as approval and praise and acceptance. And those are mm. all good payoffs as long as you're not selling your soul. They also can be very unhealthy. Payoffs can be and paybacks are very unhealthy. They can be addictive and they're imprisoning. Such as the example I gave of the woman who stayed in an unhealthy, abusive relationship because she believed she deserved it. That was her payoff. The payoff might be a role that she's always played, so she's comfortable in that role. And I'll get back to that in lesson number five. What I would say is she quite possibly was in a lesser role in, or a victim role or a martyr role when she was growing up. And maybe she's played that role her whole life. Now, as far as paybacks, um, they can look like this. My wife never seems to have time for me. Payback. Hmm. I will take on a second job and she'll miss me then. Or even more destructive. My wife doesn't give me the time and attention I want, so I'm going to have an affair. I deserve it, payoff, and that will show her payback. Now, just as payoffs are often um, unconscious, paybacks do seem to be a little bit more conscious, but some of them are unconscious. But more often, when I sit down with someone and break through their denial, they can see that, yep, that was a, I'll pay you back. So when I sit down with my client and I have them look at behaviors or situations that are causing them pain, that they really do want to change, I try to help them understand the payoff and the payback without trying to make them feel that I'm victimizing them or blaming them. Then they are aware. Lesson number two. So when we are aware of something, we can change it. Without awareness, we can't change it. Wow. Um, Thanks so much. That was very helpful in better understanding both the payoff and the payback principles. I appreciate the candid information, and it certainly makes sense. 
I personally will try to be better aware of my motivation going forward, and I will work on identifying my payoffs and paybacks, especially when I'm wanting to change my behavior. So let's move on to lesson number three. Again, I just want to point out, Kathy, that's one of the reasons I hang with you is because you are always willing to learn your lessons and to take a look at behaviors that don't become who you really are. And I appreciate that so much. Just doing my best. You do do that. She's the continuous learner. Lesson number three is we cannot and won't solve a problem with the same mindset that created it. This is literally a quote from Albert Einstein. This is my plug for counseling and coaching. You know, often when we have the best intentions and we're trying to figure out um, why we do or say what we say, I have to point out that you are trying to figure it out with the same mindset that created it. The very same thing you're trying to figure out is one that you own, that belongs to you, you created it. And we don't like to give up our creations. We get attached to them, and we definitely don't like to be wrong. So I often tell my clients <clears throat> that when you find yourself repeating a behavior that you don't want, a thought or words or actions, let's just start off with do something different, anything but make it different because we want to jump track that of uh, the tracks in our brain that says, do the same thing you created. It's the same mindset. So let's say you're starting to engage in the same old argument with your partner, mother, coworker, you know, that one you just keep getting into and circling and circling around. Stop it. <laughs> Stop as soon as you notice it. And then you have to replace it with something. Go for a walk. Turn a somersault. Do jumping sacks. Um, jacks. jacks. Jumping jacks. <laughs> sacks. I don't know what those would be, but do it. It's different. Or how about think about your belly button. <laughs> belly button. Or better yet, think about their belly button. <coughs> belly buttons are just fun words that jump track. Belly button, belly button, belly button. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get into that circle and argumentative stage when you're saying belly button in your mind or thinking about their belly button. And I'm being funny, but in other words, I want you to deflect, change your mindset, jump track. Now, this is a form of therapy. It's called Neuro Linguistic Programming or NLP. This is what made Tony Robbins, the great motivational speaker, a success. He practices NLP. So it's about shifting your reactions to certain situations, making it a different scene in your head, thereby shifting your mindset. A client of mine, which is very funny, I love this story. A client of mine really wanted to get out of a relationship that she was in. <clears throat> Yet every time she tried to approach it with her partner, she became emotional and she got had this deep sadness and she just couldn't do it. She just couldn't. So she came to me to talk about what was behind that. What's the payoff? What was going on? So this is where do something different came in. I asked her, what's um because the opposite of being great sad is being happy. So what's a song that she could think of that she gets all happy 
with when she hears it. And she thought for a moment and she said, oh, I know what it is. It's 76 trombones led the big parade. (laughs) And she said, that always makes me happy. And so I said, all right. So the next time you are about to approach your partner to let him know that you need to end the relationship, before you do it, march around the dining room table a few times, humming and singing 76 trombones, led the big parade. And then she said, (laughs) okay, then what? I said, then when you approach him, as you start to talk, and if the sadness starts to come, in your head, hear the, the trombones playing and see yourself marching around the table singing it <laughs> all and right she did it so did it work <laughs> um <laughs> well not not the first time <laughs> well not the second time either but I'm proud to say that on the third time she was able to get through the whole conversation without the deep sadness the two of them come to find out he was ready too but he didn't know our secret and they resolved it and they left as friends so great I know it's a good story this is just a way of changing mindset Remember, it's always good to also get another perspective. And the 76 prime bones were another perspective. And talking about perspectives, realities are different from for each one of us. We all have different realities. Right. You know, what I learned last week reinforced what I've also learned from you. And that is we all have different experiences even in the exact same situation. No, it was pointed out that there may not even be two exact experiences from two different people ever because of all our differences. Mm -hmm. This is all very good to remember. Sherry, thanks so much for all this great information on life lessons that you are sharing with us. It's time for a short break. I encourage you to click on A Voice of Reason in the show links section Check out Cherry's book and meditation CD and sign up for our email list. Stay with us to hear more life lessons from a therapist. You are listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Life carries many uncertainties. Just when we think we may know where we are headed or think we have what we need, life happens and we are redirected. Join host Trina Wines each week for Life Happens, Let's Talk. By hearing stories from people just like you, as well as guest experts who can help, you'll arrive at your own understanding of the role you play in creating the outcome of your life. Listen live every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to A Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So, Sherry, will you please kick things off with life lesson number four? Well, when we finished the show before the break, talked about the idea that we all have different realities. Mm-hmm. And that leads into lesson four. The lesson four is that we all have our own reality. So Maybe... Maybe one could say there is no reality at all, or there are reality is only our perception. Hmm. So is that like alternative facts? Oh, sticker. <laughs> um, not exactly, but I think there is a, some similarities in that. That often in our own reality we are in denial. So we don't see the facts as reality. We all view the world through individual filters, which are made up from our individual history. That's why children in the same family with the same parents will remember events differently and situations differently because we all filter them differently. These filters will influence all interpretations that we give to the events. And also how we're going to interpret them and respond to them and then remember them. Filters that are made up of fixed beliefs or fixed mindsets, negative ideas, can become attached. We can become so attached and entrenched in them that the process is dangerous because we will not see what is right before us and we won't see facts. This is because we, ha- we treat them as if our reality is the facts, and it's not. So we won't receive new information and without being receptive to new information or possibilities. How can we grow? How can we change? How can we work together? It is important that we shine a conscious light on our belief systems. And those of you who've been listening to show know that I call belief systems that do not serve us well BS. And we know what (laughs) BS is. But if we don't challenge their validity and their truthfulness in our lives, we won't become mature adults. We won't be open-minded. The example I'm going to give you is Santa Claus. Now, most of us believed in Santa Claus when we were little. It was told to us. We enjoyed it. We believed it. There was a payoff. Everybody won. 
But how many of us as adults still believe in Santa Claus? Hmm, we have <laughs> we have to give up the belief system that do not fit the reality and the facts now. So it is really good to identify the filters through which we view ourselves, others, and the world. So, Kath, right now I'm going to put you on the spot, as I like to do every once in a while, because um, I like your brain. Can <laughs> you think of some belief system that you want systems that you once ha- had that, besides Santa Claus, that no longer are valid to you? Uh, sure, <laughs> that's a great question. So, now the first thing I will share is that. I would not say God out loud before I met you. She was like Fonzie instead of, I'm sorry, it was a g <laughs> So I had this filter that did not really understand the difference between spirituality and religion. My spiritual exp- experiences were mainly from exploring in nature and just being outside. I struggled with religion, not from a perspective of the good it does, But this attitude that we often hear that seems to say that there is only one right way, and that just didn't seem correct to me. I was able to really dig into this and apply some understanding that gives me the freedom to speak my spirituality, including referencing God when I want. So I'll share a fun and simple second example, and uh, that is... Uh, there was this time that I believed I knew exactly where the vacuum store was located. Mm-hmm. So, so you wouldn't my, believe the GPS? Well, I didn't even look because I knew I, in my brain it was, it was factual. Okay, I gotcha. knew right where the store was. Okay. So I'd only been there a couple of times and I needed to stop by and pick up some vacuum bags. I drove right to the spot where I was sure the store was located. Was it there? But I couldn't find it. (laughs) It moved. So I finally resorted to technology, and I looked it up on my phone, and I figured out that I was one block south of where I needed to be. So I think the fun lesson for me was that in my mind, I was positive of the location. So God reminded me to just lighten up and be open to new possibilities. Who reminded you? (laughs) Hey, watch that. So uh, God God reminded me because my memory was not correct. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to lesson number five. Let's move on. All right. Okay. So you had said something earlier about getting to this lesson when you were speaking of the roles we play in our lives. Yeah. That certainly sounds interesting. So what do you have for us? Lesson number five is life is live theater. Hmm. <laughs> um, I did mention in when I was speaking about payoffs, about the role. Um, that can play in our payoffs and paybacks. And often it's a role that was assigned to us in early life. I use the example of the woman who stayed in abusive relationship and discovered that one of her payoffs that was part of her belief system was that she deserved to be treated poorly. Mm. And because she deserved it, then she had to play that part. You see, her parents believed that people got what they deserved especially in the line of punishment. You know, she remembered that if she'd fall down 
or when she had skinned her knee, she did fall down and she skinned her knee, she had a vivid memory that she was told it was because she wasn't paying attention or and that she was running when she should not have been. Therefore, she deserved it. And her parents said, now it's time for you to take your comeuppance. And that came from a faulty belief system that her parents had that she also still hung on to and was living out. Now, let's enter the idea of lesson number five. Life is a live theater. Everyone gets a role and a script that goes along with your theater performances. We show up in many different plays and performances over during the course of our existence. And some of us can, we're very versatile and we can play multiple parts really well. So we often get cast in many different um, plays and theater. We, there's love stories, there's horror stories, there's dramas <laughs> and comedies. Human interest stories are really cool. And then there's those action-packed stories. Then, oh, the tearjerkers. And there's chick flicks and there's big, bold, courageous man stories. They're all stories. They're all theater. And then in the theater of life, we all have a role to play. There's martyrs and victims and judges. And if there's a judge, probably you need a jury. And there's heroes and sheroes and princesses and queens. There's usually a villain. Sometimes we're blessed enough to have an entertainer or a comedian, and there's almost always a a fool in the theater of life. (laughs) So some of us get pegged for a certain role, and that's called typecasting, and that one sticks with it. We hardly ever get any other parts in um, in our life because we're typecast in that role. No matter what the play that's going on, we get the same role. We're stereotyped to always be the villain or always be the victim. And I think from the actor's titles, you can see what um, plays out when you are cast in that role. And you might be able to take a look at where you are most often scripted or cast played. Sometimes we were cast as a child, and it usually does often happen that the the role playing starts early. And we just mm. never can seem to get away from uh, get away from it, or even get to play other parts when we grow up. Let's look at the abused woman. She was cast as a victim, deserving mistreatment very early on, and so she continued to be cast in that role, choosing a partner who victimized her. And now unless she decides that she will no longer take any more of those roles, turn down any agents who want to suggest that this is her role, she will be a victim. There is, there is, oh, this is so good. There is hope for your career in the theater of life. This hope does require, though, that you have to make a decision that you will take no more of those parts and then Take action to make sure that you don't. So after this awareness that comes to you from number two lesson, you know the light bulb goes off, the soul-searching journey begins, and we give up the stories and the beliefs and the excuses that helps us keep playing out that role in the theater of life. Now, I just want to say something about excuses right now. The late 
um, Wayne Dyer wrote a book titled Excuses Be Gone. In this book, he says, if you are truly serious about changing those long-established habits and beliefs that support the roles that you play, you have to let go of the excuses. The excuses really are just forms of denial and, and lies. Again, you have, you heard me say, I don't know, so many times on this show and other shows, that you must challenge belief system. That's my song. Change your belief systems that do not serve you. And when you challenge them, then as Dr. Dwyer said, you have to give up the excuses. No excuses. So this is how he suggests beginning the process with seven questions. You know that I talked to you about in life coaching, everything begins with questions. And I say that life is like a game of jeopardy. It's the answers are found in the questions. The question number one is, whatever you're believing, is it true? Do you know 100% that it's true? Then, this is the awareness phase, where did that come from? The payoff stage. What is the payoff for believing something that isn't true? Number four. What would your life look like if you didn't have those excuses and those belief systems? This is a very important one because this is the vision phase. And if you can't see it, you're not going to create it. So get a vision of it. Number five. Can you create a rational, truthful reason to change? Because remember, it's payoffs and paybacks. So what would be the payoff for changing? Number six, can you access universal cooperation in shedding those old ways, those old beliefs? And number seven, How will you continuously reinforce the new way of being so you don't go back to the old way? These are the things that we look at when you join me for coaching. I don't have your answers, but I have a whole lot of questions that will help you find your answers. All right. So I have a question about Wayne Dyer's book, Mm -hmm. but First, I want to say that I find it very sad to hear that anyone would be told that they deserve the accidents or bad situations in their life. But I am really glad to hear we can drop the roles that no longer serve us well. Mm-hmm. Now, Sherry, can you please tell us about this phrase come uppins? <laughs> I've never heard that before. Well, I'm, I'm a country girl. And in my family, that was a phrase that was used is a payback or payoff, I mean. You deserved it. It's the consequences <laughs> for what your action that you take. So I remember my dad saying many times, Sherry Ann, face your comeuppance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thanks for that history lesson. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so um, now back to excuses be gone. Sherry, can you explain what uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer is speaking about when he refers to accessing universal cooperation? You know, that is a good question, and it's a question that I would expect from you, given the history about God. (laughs) 
<laughs> what he's talking about is being open to spirit, the spiritual indwelling energy that is within all of us. It's a spiritual thing. He believes that, believed that self-defeating habits and the accompanying excuses, the BS, are the province of the ego. And the ego is the part of us that edged out God, that doesn't want God in the story. He believes that we don't attract what we deserve. We attract what we are. And what he means about that is that we are a divine creation of a creator that only wants the best for us and created us so beautifully. When we can come to know that's who we are, we're going to attract other people that see that in us also. So connecting with the God source, the energy source, will attract what we are, goodness, love, kindness, compassion. We don't want to attract the thoughts that we are undeserving, unworthy. So it's a good read, Excuses Be Gone. I recommend it. So um, does that give you an idea of the universal cooperation connection? Yes, and, and the examples that I think of are from Ralph Waldo Emerson and uh-huh. Paulo Calejo mm. from his book, The Alchemist. My favorites. So Emerson said that once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. Calejo said that when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. The cool message that I add to this from Dr. Wayne Dyer is that he also reminds us to not get in the way of the support we receive from the universe. Yes. Does that that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Ah, very cool. Yes. Well, Sherry, thanks so much for these additional lessons. We can all learn a great deal from the wisdom you've shared. This is all fantastic content. It's time for a short break. Stay with us as you won't want to miss the last of the life lessons from a therapist. You're listening to A Voice of Reason on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to a Voice of Reason. To reach the show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd prefer to connect via email, our address is info at avoiceofreasonbook.com. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to A Voice of Reason. So, Sherry, I think it's time for lesson number six. Do you agree? I do. I'm ready. Okay, this one um, is a little tough for people sometimes, and it was given to us by a tough, tough coach. Lesson number six is we teach people how to treat us. Mm. I want to say it again. We teach people how to treat us. And this came from the tough coach, Dr. Phil McGraw. When he introduced this concept uh, quite a while back, people really didn't like to hear it because many thought that it made them or we were making people responsible for abuse that they were receiving. And I certainly can see how some can feel that way. But that is not what Dr. Phil was talking about. He was talking about the payoff system and he was talking about that people will only can only do what we allow them to let them do so let's go back to the abused woman story if I said to her as she sits there with bruises on her face you know you taught him to do that (laughs) you can only imagine how horrible that would be for her and for me too absolutely (sighs) And she would then be victimized all over again, but by her therapist. And of course, you know, I would not ever do that. But there is a time in the recovery process when her and I have walked through the other steps and she feels safe with me and she knows that I see her in her highest, that I would want her to understand the wisdom and the principle behind this lesson. We teach people how to treat us. You know, somewhere, her husband, way before he was her husband, way before he ever laid a hand on her, more than likely spoke to her with disrespect. More than likely, he devalued her. And that was the first class in teaching him what she was willing to accept If she allowed it, class number one said, I guess it's okay with her. And for him, maybe he got a payoff that he felt powerful or I don't know because I wasn't talking to him. Um, But be sure he had a payoff. Then came the first time he physically abused her. Oh, and let's be clear, it wasn't that big. It was just maybe a little shove or a, a pinch or a tight squeeze, you know. It was allowed. Classes in session again. There were no negative consequences for his behavior. He wasn't called out on it. So to him, 
The teacher said it's acceptable. Mm. So now you can see the progression in a cycle of abuse. So maybe you're wondering, well, what was her payoff? Well, remember, she's always she was cast in a victim role and believed she deserved it. But maybe also he felt bad after doing it and was really much nicer for a short time. And she loved that short time. She got to be cast in the princess role. This is what's called in the abuse cycle, the honeymoon reinforcement phase. Wow, that certainly is a very powerful and painful lesson. It reminds us of our role in creating the life we want and getting the respect we are looking for. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it's hard to see our role in different situations, especially if we are conflict avoiders Mm -hmm. and we like to flee. Mm -hmm. So what do you have for us for lesson number seven? Lesson number seven is that pain and problems are a part of life. But how you show up in them is your choice. This lesson teaches us that there's always going to be extremely difficult, painful parts of life. It's part of the cycle of life. It's the human condition. I want to tell you a little bit about Buddha. Buddha's father wanted so much for his son to not have to experience that part of life. He wanted to spare him from as much of the pain as part of life suffering that he could. So he walled him off in a palatial, palatial, palatial grounds where he controlled the environment in every way. His son was only exposed to the beauty of life. His son, for most of his earlier years, saw no one sick. No one ever died. They were removed. But that is not the fullness of life. And somehow in the inner wisdom of Buddha, he knew that. So he talked a guard into taking him off the grounds. And there he saw life. He saw old people and sick people and dying people and poor people and hungry people and unattractive people for the first time. It did not make him want to go back as you'd think it would. It made him want to experience all of life and find a way in the midst of the pain and suffering to rise above it. I have sat by the bed of dying clients and watched them slip away without ever realizing their dreams. I have been in court sentencing of a father of one of my clients, for he killed her husband, the father of her two young children, and another on the way. Wow. I have watched brave clients battle cancer and won, and I've also saw them lose. I have been at bedsides, gravesides, sidelines of wonderful people dealing with some of the most difficult aspects of life. And in so many of these experiences, I saw strength and courage coming through. This lesson is that we are not immune to troubles and problems and pain. How we handle it and how we show up is a decision that can make all the difference in the world. Wow, that definitely is a good lesson to keep in mind. So often we want to avoid the painful moments. And I'm going to share some content that I learned from one of your earlier presentations. So 
often when we encounter a problem or a difficult situation, we ask, why me? Mm-hmm. It may be a flat tire on our car or our bike, or maybe we just missed the train that we wanted to catch. We ask, why me? As if this dif- difficulty could not possibly be meant for us. We might even feel let down in the faith department. This certainly wasn't supposed to happen to me as if the problems only belong to other people. We need the reality of all of our life events that include the difficult and the painful moments to fully experience life. Mm -hmm. Norman Vincent Peale was once asked, don't you think that life would be better if we had fewer problems? Peel said, I'd be happy to take you to the cemetery because the only people I know without problems are dead. <laughs> so that's certainly a good reminder that we are much better off looking to make a difference in this lifetime and addressing the situations that are pre- presented to us. You know, Norman Vincent Peale is the author of The Power of Positive Thinking. He also said, when God wants to send you a gift, he wraps it up in a problem And the bigger the gift that God sends you, the bigger the problem. (laughs) Isn't that a fun quote to remind us to stay positive? (laughs) So one more item I have to share with you on this topic is the acronym from John Maxwell. And he presents this in his book, The Difference Maker. So the acronym is for problems. So P is for predictors, which help us mold our future. R is for reminders, a reminder we cannot succeed alone. O is for opportunities that pull us out of the ruts, prompting us to think creatively. B is for blessings, opening the doors we would otherwise not go through. L is for lessons that provide instruction with each new challenge. E is for everyone, no one is excluded. M is for messages. Warning of the potential disaster. And S is for solvable, which reminds us that for every problem, there is a solution. Now, without problems, we would miss out on the opportunity to call on our faith to uphold us and sustain us through this interesting journey that includes peaks and valleys, this journey called life. I believe it is very true that we cannot fully appreciate all the beauty in our lives without the cycle of feeling both the ups and downs. Now also, Sherry, I've attended your workshop, Eliminating Emotional Suffering. And in that workshop, you helped us all understand that pain is inevitable, but emotional suffering is optional. Is that our lesson here? (laughs) Yes, it is. Now it's time to hear the last lesson. Number eight, the lesson my clients have taught me is, we are extremely resilient people while being quite fragile. What I mean by fragile is that we are delicate, beautiful creations, much like a flower. Emotionally, we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable to deep, deep hurts and prolonged periods of grief. We are capable of dying of a broken heart or of loneliness. We can cry at a sad movie. We can see the face of a starving child and be deeply moved. Our heart can hurt when we see an animal dead on the side of the road. 
Some of us can weep when a tree is cut down and a flower is stepped on. A beautiful animal of the wild is killed. We can have our hearts melt when a new baby is in our presence. And we also are very resilient, courageous, and strong. We will fight for what is right. We can endure horrors and atrocities of war and watch a genocide and still get up every day with a hope for a better tomorrow, a better world. This is what my clients have shown me. We are resilient enough to forgive. And yes, forgiveness is a strength, not a weakness. This is how my friend was able to forget her father of the heinous act of violence, shooting her husband right in front of her on the front porch of their home. So I choose this wisdom as part of the eight lessons of my life that my clients have taught me. I am a better person because of them and these lessons. Sherry, thank you so much for sharing these life lessons with us. We can all learn quite a bit if we were if we're open to this information. I know I won't be afraid to cry, and I'll give myself the moments I need to recover from the difficult situations. But I will always try to keep the message of resilience in my heart for a quicker recovery. Mm-hmm. want to let you all know Sherry is accepting new coaching clients. She might be just the key you are looking for for your success. If you're interested, we can set up a free 15-minute call with Sherry. Her clients have amazing recommendations for the work she does as a coach. Please send an email to a avoiceofreasonbook.com for further inquiry. You can book single sessions or we have package offerings available. So Sherry, thanks again. Um, the lessons as a therapist were fantastic. I know I'm going to apply this information to help me be more self-aware and to show up a bit better than I did yesterday. So tune in next week to hear Down the Yellow Brick Road, Don't Fall Asleep in the Poppy Fields, as we share a psychological perspective from the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) We wish you all a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to A Voice of Reason. Please join your host, Kathy Horton and Sherry Petro-Serdell for another edition next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a terrific week.